Welcome everybody to the Grueling Truth Sports Network. I'm your host Mike Goodpaster and today we're going to start a new series of shows where we look at the forgotten heroes of sports and today's forgotten hero is Josh Gibson. Now the story and the life of baseball great Josh Gibson is one of the most tragic tales in sport history. One of the greatest players in the game's history who never got a chance to prove himself against other greats of his time. Josh Gibson was born in Georgia December 21, 1911. In 1923, Gibson moved to Pittsburgh, where his father Mark found work at the Carnegie Illinois Steel Company. Entering sixth grade in Pittsburgh, Gibson prepared to become an electrician. He attended Allegheny Pre-Vocational School, and his first experience playing baseball for an organized team came at the age of 16 when he played third base for an amateur team sponsored by Gimbel's Department Store, where he found work as an elevator operator. Shortly after that, he was recruited by the Pittsburgh Crawfords, which in 1928 was still a semi-professional team. The Crawfords were controlled by owner Gus Greenlee, who was the top black semi-professional, they were the top black semi-professional team in Pittsburgh area and would advance to fully professional major Negro League status by 1931. In 1928, Gibson met Helen Mason, who he would later marry on March, 20, March 7, 1929. When not playing baseball, Gibson continued to work at Gimbel's, giving up on his plans to become an electrician to pursue a baseball career. In the summer of 1930, the still young 18-year-old Gibson was recruited by Cum Posey, owner of the Homestead Grays, which was the dominant Negro League team in Pittsburgh. And Gibson debuted with the Grays on July 31, 1930. On August 11th, Gibson's wife Helen, who was pregnant with twins, went into premature labor and later tragically died while giving birth to a twin son, Josh Gibson Jr., and daughter Helen, named after her mother. The children were later raised by Helen's parents. The Negro Leagues found it more profitable to schedule relatively few league games and allow the teams to earn extra money through barnstorming at semi-professional and other non-league teams. Thus, it is important to distinguish between records against all competition and records in league games only. For example, against all levels of competition, Gibson hit 69 home runs in 1934. The same year in league games, he hit 11 home runs in 52 games. In 1933, he batted .467 with 55 home runs in 136 games against all levels of competition. His lifetime average, batting average is said to be higher than .350, with other sources putting it as high as .384, the best in Negro League history. Gibson's Hall of Fame plaque states, he hit almost 800 home runs in the league and independent baseball during his 17-year career. Now, this figure also includes versus semi-pro competition and exhibition games. His lifetime batting average, according to the Hall's official data, was 359. It was reported that he won nine home run titles and four batting championships playing for the Crawfords and the Grays. It is also believed that Gibson hit a home run in a Negro League game at Yankee Stadium that struck two feet from the top of the wall circling the center field bleachers. That's about 580 feet from home plate. Although it has never been conclusively proven, Chicago American Giants out infielder Jack Marshall said 
Gibson Slug won over to third deck next to the left field bullpen in 1934 for the only fair ball ever hit out of Yankee Stadium. There is no published season-by-season breakdown of Gibson's home run totals in all the games he played in various leagues and exhibitions. The correct statistical achievements of Negro League players may be impossible to know, as the Negro Leagues did not compile complete stats or game summaries. Based on research of historical accounts performed for the Special Committee on the Negro Leagues, Gibson hit 224 home runs in 2,375 at-bats against top black teams, 2 in 56 at-bats against white Major League pitchers, and 44 in 450 at-bats in the Mexican League. John Hallway lists Gibson with the same home run totals in a 351 average, plus 21 for 56 against white major league pitchers, according to Hallway. Gibson ranks third all-time in the Negro Leagues in average among players with 2,000-plus at-bats, trailing Judd Wilson by three points and John Beckwith by one. <coughs> Excuse me. Hallway lists him as being second to Mule Settles in home runs. Though the all-time leader in home runs at bats by a considerable margin with a home run every 10.6 at bats to every 13.6 for runner-up Suttles. Now, recent investigations in the Negro League statistics using box scores from newspapers from across the United States have led to the estimate that although as many as two-thirds of Negro League team games were played against inferior competition, which means traveling exhibition games, Gibson still hit between 150 to 200 home runs in official Negro League games, though this number appears very conservative next to the statements of almost 800 to 1,000 home runs. This research also credits Gibson with a rate of one home run every 15.9 at-bats, which compares favorably with the rate of top nine home run hitters in Major League history. The commonly cited home run totals more than 800 are not indicative, indicative, of his career total in official games because the Negro League seasons were significantly shorter than the Major League season, typically consisting of less than 60 games per year. The additional home runs cited were most likely accomplished in unofficial games against local and non-Negro competition of varying strengths, including the off-sided barnstorming competitions. Now, despite the fact that statistical validation continues to prove difficult for Negro League players, the lack of verifiable figures has led to various amusing tall tales about immortals such as Gibson. A good example, in the last of the ninth at Pittsburgh, down a run with a runner on first and second, Gibson hit one high and deep, so far into the twilight sky that it disappeared from sight, apparently winning the game. The next game, the same two teams are playing again, now in Washington. Just as the teams have positioned themselves on the field, a ball comes falling out of the sky, and a Washington outfielder grabs it. The umpire yells to Gibson, you're out in Pittsburgh yesterday. In early 1943, Gibson fell into a coma and was diagnosed with a brain tumor. After he had regained consciousness, he refused the option of surgical removal it lived the next four years with recurring headaches. In 1944, Gibson was hospitalized in Washington, D.C. at Gallinger Hospital for mental observation. He died of a stroke in Pittsburgh in 1947 at the age of just 35. 
just three months before Jackie Robinson became the first black player in modern Major League history. <coughs> Some believe the stroke was linked to drug problems that plagued him in his later years. He was buried at the Allegheny Cemetery in Lawrenceville, a neighborhood, a neighborhood suburb of Pittsburgh, where he lay by an unmarked grave and, until a small plaque was placed in 1975. Larry Doby, who broke the color barrier in the American League a few months after Robinson broke it in the National League, stated at the time of Robinson's signing with the minor league team, the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1945, one of the things that were disappointing and disheartening to a lot of the black players at the time was that Jack was not the best player. That was Josh Gibson. I think that's one of the reasons why Josh died so early. He was heartbroken. In 1972, Gibson's accomplishments were finally recognized, along with Buck Leonard's. Gibson and Leonard became the second and third players, respectively, behind Satchel Paige, inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame for their outstanding careers in the Negro Leagues. Gibson Hall of, Fla Hall of Fame plaque claims 800 home runs for his career. Actually, when you look at it, why do people never say that the white players of Gibson's era shouldn't have asterisks by their records. Let's face it, the white players before 1947 never had to play against all of the best baseball players either. So the next time somebody tells you that, you know, Babe Ruth's 60 home runs in a season is still a record to them because Roger Maris hit 61, but he played seven more games, or Barry Bonds was on steroids, there's an asterisk by Babe Ruth too. Babe Ruth didn't have to face all of the best players in the world either. And if he would have, maybe his record wouldn't be as big. Maybe he wouldn't have hit 60 home runs in a year. But we'll never know. But one thing we do know about Josh Gibson, even though he is a man that is almost mythical and you can't prove his stats, there is no doubt when you hear guys like Buck Leonard and Satchel Paige talk about him that Josh Gibson was truly one of the greatest baseball players in the history of the sport. And a lot of people call him the Black Babe Ruth. And, you know, maybe that should be more directed at Babe Ruth as the white Josh Gibson. But that's today's episode of Unforgotten Heroes. If you have anybody you want me to talk about that people may not remember, Make sure you hit me up at Grilling Truth on Twitter. You can hear all of our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find sports podcasts. You'll find the Grueling Truth. So for now, this has been Mike Goodpaster. You've been listening to the Grueling Truth, where the legends speak. <laughs>